My name is No. I liked that song. You did like that. I it's did. a good song. Megan Trainer. She's finally going to get to put out her third album? Third album? I think third. Okay, when? Uh, next, early next year, but apparently it was like scheduled for early last year, early this year. And oh. it's been pushed back several, several, several how, times. How? how Why? I guess they kept pushing singles out and being like, oh, this is going to be a hit. This is going to be a hit. And Wait, she's released singles? Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Yes, she has. We can do this, Megan. Many. We can do this. Yes, no we're was great. For her. No was really fun. No was really fun. And that album had some moments, I guess. I, I've never been a full album Megan Trainer listener. I mean, the title of the album is the roughest thing for me. Which one was it? Thank you. Oh, of course. <laughs> like, oh, that's that's a really rough album title. Is for that me. the song? Does that album have the one about her mom on it? There's a oh, song. girl, I've never listened to. It. I've Megan only Trainor. listened to that song because truly, it's one of the worst things I've ever heard. I think it was oh, used no. in like a Mother's Day ad and I was like what the fuck oh, is this no. and it was Megan Trainer. Oh, like, oh I don't want a song about someone's mom to be bad I Ooh. want a song about someone's mom to be good the bridge is her just calling her mom be like hey mama <laughs> <laughs> I'm just writing a song about you and just want to let you know I love you and she's like oh I love you too it's oh. like waste of time oh, no that's so <laughs> not for you I know it's so embarrassing well, I don't like being embarrassed it's Sorry. creative it's a choice it's a choice creative maybe creative. it's definitely a choice <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to call my mom in the middle of the song. Yeah, I mean, you it's know. a choice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like choices. Even ones that don't work and are really bad. I mean, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You do like cats. Yeah, right. it's coming, guys. Oh, God. everybody welcome back to the two gay mats podcast and guys i know you were worried but i am sitting in a real live office <laughs> rolly chair that i built myself built it's is not strong the, it's not the awkward high kitchen chair that I you mean okay built is strong you put it together yes but like i was screwed things yes you did screw things oh music uh yes you screwed it together but it's like Saying you built it makes me think, oh, I started with some wood and like put this chair together, and that's not what happened. No. It's like when you say you can build things with steel. It's like you saying I'm cooking when you like throw something in the microwave. Cooking and is, I hate cooking that. by definition is any form of preparing food. If you throw something in the microwave, you cannot say you cooked it. Yes, you can. I cooked like I cooked it up. I cooked it real quick. But the one thing that really pisses me off though uh-huh. is when people try to insinuate that baking is not a form of cooking. Oh, I think that's a lie. Cooking is any microwave is ridiculous. Any microwave is ridiculous. Thing. No. But people like I um I remember in high school once uh we had to do like fun weird things with words like learning mm. what specific like a alliter- this is alliteration. This is a hom- not a homily. That's a church thing. Um, this is a <laughs> this is a whatever. Um. Uh, and so I was, we had to have a, we had a cookie and yeah. we had to do this. I forget what the term was, but I was like, oh, you can cook the cookie. And my friend was like, no, that we would get that wrong. Like we would get it wrong on the test. And I was like, yeah, like cook the cookie. And cause it had to be a word that sounds like what it is, mm. like, or a description that sounds like what the thing you're describing is or whatever. Yeah. So uh, I was like, cook the cookie. And she was just like, no, you bake a cookie. And I'm like, yeah, but baking is a form of cooking. And she's like, no, you bake a cookie. You don't cook a cookie. And I was like, Jesus Christ, calm down. Like she got so mad. <laughs> That's was, a weird fight to have, but I will fight you to the death that microwaving is not cooking. Okay, calm down. <laughs> These are my feelings and I am, you know, I'm allowed to have them. Okay. You know, of course, 2019. It's, it's a free country. It is. Still. 
uh, hopefully, fairly. hopefully for in the future. Um, yeah. So Matt Palmer, how was your week? My week was pretty good. I'm trying to think what I did this week. It was. It felt long. I felt like the work week felt long. But then okay. Saturday was really nice and productive. Worked on music. Um, and yeah, just like got things, got a lot of ideas floating about about the next musical thing I'll be doing. Oh and my so god, that's always exciting. It's always nice when you have moments like sit with yourself and decide like, all right, the next creative venture. These are ideas that, that are coming up. Do any well, of these ideas involve me? They don't having a cameo, a feature, um, like a, a background vocal moment. They, Are you going to call me during the bridge of one of your songs? <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I would be I'd venture to guess no. Okay, I will not. But you know, me, I will tell you about them when they're fully formed. I'll take That's it. Exciting, and I will I will uh, support them and uh, tweet them out. I appreciate that, and I've started putting my room together. Like I feel like the half to your left, Matt Steele, is I kind know, of together. It's beautiful. Like there's pictures on Matt Palmer's wall. Yes. And everything. So we're getting closer. I feel like this time next week is my hope for like oh I can get my room like pretty together okay so, and I got a new rug that hasn't arrived yet but I'm excited for the rug it's exciting feel- my bedroom furniture has also shipped yes we uh, love that so I'm excited I have to like put it all together yeah yeah or, or build it I just licked the microphone <laughs> well Sorry. guess we gotta throw that out <laughs> how was your week Matt? my week no. was good yeah. not like the most eventful week ever you will never guess what I did what? today what I listened <laughs> To Norman fucking Rockwell. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I was driving. I had to do something early in the morning up in the valley. And so as I was driving back down, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to like listen to a new album because I always like trying to listen to new albums. I'm tired of listening uh-huh. to my shuffle. Um, So I was just like, OK, I'm going to listen. OK, all the gays are all talking about Norman fucking Rockwell or they were, you know, like a month and a half ago. Right. Um, So I was like, I'm going to do it. I've never listened to Alana Del Rey anything in my life. And so I was like, I'm going to listen to Norman fucking What do you think? It is, as the young people would say, definitely a mood. Okay. Uh... You know, <laughs> you know, it, it's it has some. I would say every song on it is lovely. Okay. They are just all so slow. <laughs> like, like, like. I there is one song called "Do uh, Doing Time." Okay, and it is, I guess, considered the up tempo on the album huh. because it has somewhat of a beat. <laughs> like, it's 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 very much a mood album. Wow. Okay. There are some good songs on it. Like, I really like uh, the title track. Yeah. Um. The uh. There is a song on there called "Love Story" that I really liked. Okay. Uh, doing it was fun because you know it actually you know uh, was. Actually fun. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> Hope is a dangerous thing for a woman like me. It was a nice song. Like, it has its moments. It's just listening to the album in full is exhausting. That's what I was going to say. You're not making me want to hear it. It's, you know, it's in, if it's in the background of your life, you must be feeling some kind of way. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, you know, that's the thing is I always felt like, kind of I always felt like Lana was for depressed gays. Like I felt like that is her target demographic. Yeah. And you know, I love that for her you and know, for them. We've all been sad at times. It's true. So, you know, there is a moment in our lives where we could be like, oh, you know what? I want to listen to maybe one Lana Del Rey song mm-hmm. at a time. I mean, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, I'm glad you listened to it. I have no interest. I remember at one point we were like, can we review this album? And I was like, lol, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. That <laughs> one was like, nope, nope, nope. I just, I don't know what it is about her. I just don't, I'm not interested. I'm not, not like I hope she, I don't think she's bad. I hope, don't like wish negative oh, things no, about she, her. Oh no, she, her style and the sound of her voice and her talent works perfectly for her it's like her music right she's one of Taylor Swift's favorite lyricists she says I mean the lyrics she, her, all of her lyrics were very interesting That's great. I will say so yeah um 
Yeah, I once went on a date with Alana Stan, mm. and he was trying to explain her to me. Right, and I, and he was just like, "Well, her thing is, is that she has everything. She has the face, the body, the hair, the money, everything. She's stunningly beautiful and has all the men she could ever want, but she's still so sad." <laughs> and I was like, "That's her marketing That's, scheme." I've never heard a worse pitch for something. It's like, well, great, good luck to her. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's interesting. Yes. But and you know the, the songs were nice, and there's a couple songs I did put on my shuffle. Mm. But listening to one full album in one sitting is was tiring. Did you listen to the new Mandy Moore song? I'd rather lose. No, you should give it a spin. When did that come out? Good. I feel like maybe a week and a half, maybe two weeks ago now. I'm like not this past Friday, but the Friday before. Um, it's quite lovely, okay. and I think it's had such a good message. It's like if you know if the only way to win is uh, by breaking the rules, I'd rather lose. And it's just like I don't want to play this game. I don't want to, you know. You know, I love following the rules. And she, lo- <laughs> I like. There's nothing I love more than like following. Yeah, rules. <laughs> I feel like she, it's just all about like having your integrity and that being the most important thing. And it's also really fun to listen to. It's kind of like Fleetwood Mackie. I don't know. I just think everyone should give it a listen because it's also a little slow, but it doesn't sound as um. Pointless as Lana Del Rey. No, <laughs> no, none of it was pointless. It was just all very sad. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that's never pointless. If like, you know, you have something to say. If you have emotions, you got to get them out. Uh, I mean, absolutely. speaking of, is Adele going to get her sad emotions out this year or is that, are we not? Are oh, we I not don't know. Christmas? Cause like TikTok girl. Yeah. TikTok, you better not re- release it like in December because like the listeners will be busy. I mean, they'll be busy and also we focus on all I want for Christmas. Is yes, you, exactly. Going number one. They'll we be busy don't streaming that. <laughs> Um, so I'm hoping it comes out. I mean, I don't know what's happening with Adele, but I've, I'm always on Adele watch. And if anyone has any news or information about her, please send my way because I need to know what's yeah. going on. Adele, if you're listening, just like shoot us a text. Yes. Be like two gay mats. This is what's happening. This is the release plan. Then I can sleep. What if like night. she emailed us at two gay mats at hey, gmail.com? I'd like, appreciate it. Hey guys, it. it's Adele. <laughs> I heard you guys were worried about me. I am. We all are. Um, so do you want, should we just hop into news for idiots? Let's hop in. Let's, Let's hop go. in. So dreams have come true this week. Matt Everyone's favorite actress. Mm-hmm. Not bitch Constance Wu. <laughs> <laughs> she has finally gotten her wish. ABC has canceled Fresh Off the Boat after six seasons. It is the longest running sitcom about an Asian American family in broadcast television history, and it will end this season. Uh, famously, I'm sure you guys remember when Constance Wu was wondering if it would be renewed for this current season, I believe. Yes. And it was renewed. She tweeted out, fuck, <laughs> or like, no, and then like commented on other people's Instagram, celebrating, being like, I hate this. I was just dislike. like, I'm so sad right now. I'm so angry. And, and, and everyone was just like, wait. It was just crazy because, you know, she is on a major hit show with mm-hmm. like, there's a huge crew behind that. Mm-hmm. She has co-stars, other actors involved. And she's just like, well, I had another project that I could be working on. And like, that's where my heart was. So once the announcement of the cancellation came, there were so many Twitter jokes about Constance Wu celebrating. <laughs> it <laughs> was excellent. The whole scandal clubs. was so funny. Oh my, just because it yeah. was so not what usually happens with celebrities. Oh, especially like actors. No way. Like when you're an actor, it's just like you are positive about everything. And And, and it kind of just like, it was a dumb thing to do. Like, you know, she stepped in and everything, but like it made me love her. (laughs) Like it made me be like, yes, absolutely. Speak your truth. It was very funny. funny, But I do also think she might be a little, I I hear she might be a little difficult to work with. But you know what? Who is it, guys? (laughs) What famous actor isn't? I mean, I'm a joy to work with. Uh, Sure. Yes, darling. Uh Wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. An absolute joy. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I don't know. I used to watch Fresh Off the Boat. I kind of fell off the boat, but I did like it when I saw it, and yeah. it will be missed. It was nice to have that kind of representation on television. And I mean, I'm, I hope we see a lot more of both Constance Wu and Randall Park. Yeah, the King. And oh, you things. do love Randall I Park. Love His big celebrity him. crush is Randall Park. I mean, one of, but I just feel like it doesn't get discussed enough that he is very hot. He's very like, attractive. Do yes. we not? Do we not have eyes, people? So, yeah. you know, that's neither here nor there. But I just hope we see lots more of him in the future. So, Constance, congratulations. I'm rooting for Constance all the time. Like, she's doing well for herself. Like, I mean, were hello. Like, oh, she'll never work again. Crazy because, rich Asians. Because, like, all this of her honesty and everything. People mm. think she's a bitch and everything. And it's just like, well, she was in, like, one of the biggest movies of the year. Yeah, she so, was. She was. Like, I as just, the lead, you know. I did, but, again, I saw interviews with her and, like, everybody on that stage talking about the Crazy Rich Asians. Everyone's so excited. It's like, oh, working with Michelle Yeoh is so great. And Henry Golding's just, like, smiling up a storm. And she's kind of like... Upset. I'm like, I love it. I love. Would her. you rather be somewhere else, Constance? Like, perk up. I don't know. I love it. I stand Constance Lou. <laughs> I mean, I wish her all the best. So apparently, Matt Steele's favorite film of the year, which has yet to be released, Cats, um, is going to miss a lot of awards deadlines <laughs> as it rushes to a holiday finish line. So I didn't dig too deeply into the story because, of course. I don't care about this, <laughs> but it's not missing the Oscar. Deadline. No, it's not missing okay. the Oscars. What it is is essentially that a lot of movies before they're released have screenings at like right. the SAG Foundation to appeal to SAG voters, mm-hmm. so it'll get nominated for the SAG Awards, which was an award it really could have mm. been nominated for and fucking won for ensemble. Like that's. I really, mean, unless really this one. is truly awful. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Really? Like, if the ensemble's great, then, like, the SAG voters will, like, vote more because the ensemble's so good. Um, But, like, SAG, the the Golden Globes, like, it has Uh screeners for the Hollywood Foreign Press Association and everything. Usually it's missing those deadlines. So, like, they, they won't vote for it because they never saw it. You know, it's just like, so, uh, you know, but this has happened to movies before, like Wolf of Wall Street, mm. um, didn't get a lot of precursor nominations because it, no one had seen it before right. the Oscars, but then it ended up getting a lot of Oscar nominations. Same thing happened with star Wars, the force awakens. Mm. Um, but that ended up getting a few Oscar nominations. In, like, if you had to categories. guess right now, how many Oscar nominations do you think cats is going to get? How many would you say? Definitely art direction. Okay. I assume song. <laughs> Maybe song. I mean, I mean, it could be bad, but just because Taylor Swift's name on it. Yeah, sure and it's like the mo- most recent. Con- the, it'll be the latest contender to have come out. Uh, so too. Uh, it could. It, you never know. It could. There could be <laughs> other incredible things about it, like the cinematography. The cinematography looks glorious, by the way. I just want to say, um, uh, 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 director and pr- picture. And uh, <laughs> it, 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 hey, hey, you don't believe that. Uh, you never. No, if it's good, if it's there's no way it's good. We saw enough of it. We saw enough. And guys, guess what? A new trailer is coming. I don't need (laughs) another trailer. Am I? Ew, God, gross, (laughs) um, disgusting. Anyways, uh, Selena Gomez and Happier News got her first number one for a sad song. For a sad song. Interesting. And we were just talking about like, oh, it was the last ballad number one, and I guess it was Selena Gomez's "Lose You to Love Me." Yeah. it didn't. Did it debut at number one? No, I don't think it did. I think it, there were a couple of spins. Yeah, and like it, it like got on the chart pretty low. I think it took a week. Yeah, it was a full yeah. week. Um, 
But good for her. I mean, hey, if she's going to have to see Justin Bieber off getting married in front of her face and like, Mm -hmm. you know, she might as well profit a bit off of this, you know, very publicized breakup and now marriage move on moment for him. Like, yeah, good for her. She's been around for a long time. She deserves to have a number one. She's an artist that I feel like deserves to have. Yeah, she has strangely become an artist that I'm very excited about. I remember during the like who says days being like this girl's horrible, (laughs) which again, she's not a singer singer, but she has make great pop music and can whisper through it and I think that song is great Julia Michaels Justin Tranter our king and queen did a beautiful job writing it and yeah it's a it's a lovely song yeah it feels like I mean again this is like going back to the whole Britney Justin of it all it's like this song feels like an event because it's so tied into like the public sphere of what everyone knows going on between uh, the two of them and uh, Haley uh, Bieber now I suppose I don't know it just feels like the kids must be eating this up yeah and it's interesting because the video is so simple but yet shot in an iPhone shot in an iPhone but like memorable yeah like there's something that is memorable and like works about the video absolutely I and I, I think this is the right song to be pushing like I look at her now as fine and fine but I think this song is definitely the more impactful of her two singles. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, hey. Yeah, the other one is like, uh, 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 uh. Yeah, I don't like that. I, how does it go? <laughs> I think that's how it goes. No, it goes like that, but like, what's it called? Look at her now. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, I just remember that. <laughs> I just remember, uh, 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 uh. You should do a cover. You seem ready and willing. Uh, 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 uh. Beautiful. Just have that sample, keep this recording on the podcast and then like sample that in your like your next song. Yes, if so. Oh. me going, uh, 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 I mean, uh, maybe if a listener wants to do that, I will give uh, them free reign. Guys, vote below. <laughs> you don't have to vote. <laughs> or not vote below. Uh, put me in something you're making. Yeah, and then creative. send us an email with that included. We'll yeah, listen to and it. also a check. Because oh, well. you're using my vocals. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, director Ivo Van Hove is Ivo Ivo Van Hove. Ivo Van Hove. I've never heard that person's name in my life. He won a Tony Award, ooh, 2017, for his production of *View from the Bridge* mm. on Broadway, Best Director of a Play for the Revival. Oh wait, the this. St- oh my God. So this is the musical. I thought it was like, isn't Steven Spielberg doing West Side yeah, Story? Yeah, it's also being revived this upcoming oh, year. Oh, and I was like, oh, there's... is the year of West Side Story. It's like they're taking some songs out of the movie. People must be mad. But this is the revival. Steven Spielberg would never take the songs oh, out of the movie. Oh, well, this yeah. isn't important. I mean, you... oh, what the... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who cares? Are you kidding? People are going nuts over I this. Really okay, well, assume. I'm going to tell the story. So uh, West Side Story is being revived in... Uh, early 2020 and Evo it's being directed by Evo Van Hove who's a Belgian director who is known for his avant-garde productions and this is his first Broadway musical okay. um, and so he's taking West Side Story I think he's doing something different with like the races of the characters instead huh. of having it be the white guy like the white gang versus the Puerto Rican gang it's I, I don't know what he's doing I, I if that's out there I have not read it um, but he is trying to make it one act yeah and in order to do that, he's cutting the flat out cut. He's cutting the somewhere ballet, mm. um, which has which is often cut. Some it's it's cut sometimes. So, so but the the song somewhere is still in the show. The song somewhere I believe is still in the show, okay. but just the ball, The reason why the song was written was to have a sort of dream ballet for the mm. show. Um, and then it's kind of just become known more known for being a hit song. Okay. Uh, but he, so he's cutting the ballet and he's cutting the song "I Feel Pretty," which is the opening of Act Two, mm. uh, because since he wants to make it one act, he wants to what happens at the spoiler alert for those of you who've never seen West Side Story at the end of the act one Bernardo dies Riff kills him Riff and sorry uh, sorry Bernardo kills Riff then Tony kills Bernardo Mm -hmm. who is Maria's brother and so uh 
that's what ends act one. So it ends on a real downer. But then act two, you know, traditional musical, got to open act two with a little bit of a light note. So they had I Feel Pretty, which is where Maria's getting ready mm-hmm. in the mirror. She's getting ready to meet Tony, her love, uh, and doesn't know that, like, Tony just killed her brother. Um, so I guess to make it condensed into one act, and to, Eva Von Hove said he wants to make it feel like a real race against time, uh, and to have the tensions continue to be really, really high. So I guess he didn't want to break that tension with keep with putting a happy song right in the middle, mm-hmm. which is weird because Officer Krupke is like the notorious, like, to- notoriously, like, infamous song in act two that disrupts the somber mood because mm. it's like a happy song in the middle of this like horrible tragic thing but whatever that's still in the show for some reason um but so people are kind of just going nuts over it because it's like a lot of revivals have happened where things are changed things are rearranged and everything and it can work but like to cut a full song especially one of the most famous songs from the show is like a choice and i am just eating popcorn watching everybody fight about it <laughs> Okay. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like, what's a musical that you love? You love the last five years. I do. It's like if they cut Climbing Uphill. Oh, they wouldn't do that. They Well, Eva Von Hove is, <laughs> motherfucker. Well, that would be sad. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, then there's the whole debate of, do is the director talented enough to, if a director is talented, he would make it work in his vision, but as the show is written. But uh, also it's like you have you've already had an old movie version of West Side Story yeah. that has I Feel Pretty. The new version's gonna have I Feel Pretty. If you need an I Feel Pretty fix, it'll be out there. <laughs> it, it's and then just don't see the revival if you don't yeah. want to. And it'll, you know, maybe it'll flop because y'all won't see it, and then it'll be fine. Like yeah. everyone will live. Yes, that's the thing. that's my sort of thing. It's kinda like if I was younger, I would kind of be pitching a fit about it. Right. And I don't like the idea. Um, but I'm kind of just like, you know what? Y'all are going to live. We're all going to live. Yes. Um, and if it's bad, like it'll be bad and, and, <laughs> and people will call it bad. Right. I mean, there's also like a lot of scandal with like people who don't like the, the changing of the racial stuff. Mm. And there's also a, um, a dancer in it who he was in carousel, who, uh, was fired from the ballet company he was in because he spread nude pictures of his female dancers to like other male dancers. Oh, and God. so people were like, oh, there's like a. Uh, bad Me Too optics with the cast. Sounds like there's so. just a cloud over this whole production. It, there really, really is. So uh, shut it down, <laughs> <laughs> cancel it like cats. <laughs> Two things that could just be canceled. Okay, apparently Emma Watson, uh, who was in Harry Potter, I think. Yes, <laughs> never saw him. Uh, she prefers to call herself self-partnered rather than single. Have you heard this? Hot. It was super hot. hot. And this was from. Um, CNN. I don't know where she was actually being interviewed about this, but the article I'm looking at is from CNN. And she says, I was like, why does everyone make such a big fuss about turning 30? This is not a big deal. Cut to 29. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel so stressed and anxious. And I realize it's because there's suddenly this bloody influx. She's British, if we don't know. So. Oh, yeah. So you have to. Should I do, do my do an accent? Do an accent, yeah. I don't think I'm an. I can't do the accent. Okay. If I'm you too can't, shy. Please don't. Oh, well, I mean, I could. I can do everything, you know. I'm kind <laughs> oh, of very no, talented as saying. an actor, a vocalist, a podcaster, a YouTuber. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> a bloody influx of subliminal messaging around if you have not built a home, if you don't have a husband, if you do not have a baby, and you are turning 30 and you're in some incredibly secure, stable place in your career, or you're still figuring things out, there's just this incredible amount of anxiety. I never believed this whole I'm happy single spiel. I was like, this is a sh- totally a spiel. It took me a long time, but I'm very happy being single. I call it being self partnered, which, okay. 
I'm confused about a few things. Okay. Um, I understand the pressures of turning 30, especially for a lady. And like, there's a lot weighing on that. And, but if, to, to me, it feels like if you're so against saying I'm happy being single, isn't being self-partnered seem more like a spiel than I'm happy single? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I don't, if you're happy, why don't you just say like, oh, I'm happy single. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. fine. Like it's not something, I that mean, I'm, but you know, you want you want your moment to sound smart. <laughs> like, like she wants to she wants to elaborate on it and like hey she coins like a new term she that, did like, and we're talking about it using and we're talking about it. so good for her i She's mean the news. i just think the things that need to change are not like whether we're using the word single or self-partnered it's just like if you don't have a partner it doesn't mean that you're not a complete human being yeah, or that you're like i'm happy yeah i'm happy i'm doing yeah. what i want to be doing my life is very fulfilled i have friends i have people in my life i have a great family like that's Nothing to sneeze at. Like, not not everybody has that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think... I just do think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on women, especially, but people, and thinking that, like, at a certain age or a certain part of their adulthood, if you're not with someone that you failed or some way, or that finding someone means that you've achieved something. And it's like, no, not really either way. It's just like, that's nice for you if you have it, and it's not, you know, if you don't, that's fine, too. It's, I don't know. There's so much pressure that I just think we should... A stigma that I wish we could take away. Yeah, totally. It's like, if why not just be happy as, why not let's think about this as a happy thing. Being right. single is a happy thing as opposed to just like, oh, we have to create this new term to... And it's it's like, you know, there are a billion people who are partnered and or married who are fucking miserable. So if the option is being with someone that you don't want to be with or being single, like, hello, be single every day of the week. Yeah. I don't know. She just created a new term. (laughs) People do it every day. She did. I just don't. I I guess I just don't. The issue I have with it is not the term. It's more the like, I never believe that I'm happy single thing. It's like, girl, why not? People are happy single. Yeah, that's that's, it's weird, right? It's weird. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but whatever you if you have to create your own term to make it work in your head be happy yes sure, sure. <laughs> whatever, whatever works for you yes. i'm happy being single yeah but, you know if someone wants to date me you can reach out to us at two game uh, do not <laughs> send your dick pics to our email address please He's, don't know <laughs> go into his dms his dms are open that'll oh, no, be available well I sweetie even, you, you I, I didn't even think about dick well pics. you I thought did it was it. Be like a nice message being like hi matt uh, my name is tony oh god <laughs> i love a tony by the way oh if, if my your name's god. tony more chances yes. are than that i'm attracted italian to you. and shaped like a square you're oh, matt Steele's type i love like a little stocky italian guy with a butt chin <laughs> named tony this like is very is specific yes have you even met a person like this several i'm from new jersey <laughs> <laughs> is that what all the tonys look like uh, a lot of them wow yes. i mean well that's good and none them, of I them suppose. want me you never know it's fine. 2020 I'm, could be. I'm year. happily self-partnered. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're partners in this podcast. We are. We are. Yes. We're partners in the two game mats business venture. And, yeah. You know. Um, yeah. But you don't have a butt chin and with and you're not like Italian. Um, well, my boyfriend likes me just the way I am. Wow, that was a real. I mean, you started that. So well, you I was twisted get, that night. I did. I twisted it. Mm, just as someone who recently sent a long text message <laughs> to someone else. Yes. That's me, but I know we, I think we all know If you that. listened to last week's podcast. <laughs> you heard last week. Well, I, any, any word back from that? Uh, uh, next topic. Okay. Next topic. Apparently the Academy, your favorite, your best friends. I know. They are uh, yanking Nigeria's Oscar submission uh, for the, it was this, the movie Lionheart, which is a Nigerian film was disqualified for best international feature film because of its English, but English is 
Nigeria's native tongue. That's yes. The, so it's like, I guess from what I understand, they recently changed the name of the category to best international film from best foreign language film. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And so, but they did not change the rules. What are the rules? The rules are that the movie has to be in more than 50% of foreign language. Even if it's like this is an international film that would not be getting attention if it weren't for it being international. Like, yeah, because the thing it's not like there are Nigerian options that are in the best picture or best director categories a lot of years. Yeah. Like, well, well, I mean, the the movie is eligible for best picture. The problem is, is it's a foreign film right. that it won't. It's very hard for a foreign film to get attention in the yes. best picture category, which it's, is very sad. Yeah. Um, the sort of debate that everyone's having is it's kind of just like, well, the problem is, is that these this category and these rules were implemented to support films from non-Western countries, right. westernized countries like uh, um, so that because if it was just best international film, England would be winning every year. Oh, like, I see. don't underestimate the power of the British mm. voters in the Academy. Like England would be winning. It would just be all movies in English would be England uh, and like Australia and Canada winning mm. every single year. So, so this category was, cre- it's kind of like a law that gets passed by Congress that like is to help people. And then there are like tiny other things that slip through the mm. loopholes that make it kind of be like, Oh, this wasn't really thought out. Cause like, is this movie going to get any sort of love from other, you know, any sort of other nominations? Cause I feel like, this is usually the category that where it would shine. Like yeah. where else should it go? Yeah. I mean, that's the problem. There mm. really is nowhere else for it to go except for best picture. This is not fair. Uh, I it, It's not fair, but like if the rule was taken out, then it literally, it would be the King's speech winning best f- foreign film and best picture. And like the slumdog millionaire winning best foreign film and best picture, mm. you know, it would, it would be, we would be fall into that sort of trap. Um, so it's it's kind of this is something that I really don't know what the solution is. Right. I remember in the nineties or nineties, I forget. Uh, whenever the band's visit um, came out, it actually the band's visit actually got nominated mm. for best foreign language film, and then they rescinded the nomination uh, because most of the movie is in English. Oh wait, the band's visit was a movie before it was a yeah, musical. It was a musical. Oh, yeah, it was know. adapted from the movie, and basically it's in English because it's all about how Israel because it's a, about an Egyptian band that goes to Israel mm-hmm. and. Uh, the band meeting the locals in Israel and the Egyptians can't speak Israeli. This is real. The um, Israelis can't speak Egyptian. So they have to speak English mm. because that's their common language. Right. That they know together. So, so it's, it's really hard and I don't know what can sort of change to help. I'm, I feel like the only thing that maybe if, it's they change the percentage of like how much of a film can be in English. So mm. there are more opportunities for more movies, but yeah, it's, it's really hard and I don't know what the solution is. I mean, the solution is obvious. The most obvious solution is literally just like give more funding to films in English from countries right. like Nigeria so that they can play more in America and can reach a broader audience to possibly be contenders for right. best picture. And it's know. also like, but, yeah, give people I don't know, give people enough access worldwide or internationally so that people in the academy could be more representative of the international scope outside of the Americas and England and Australia, like you said. And I don't know. I mean, it's also one of those things, though, like kind of like when Old Town Road was disqualified from being on the country charts, the country billboard charts, where after that happened, people were like, what? This is so unfair. Let's listen to the song. Let's listen to the song. And then it became the longest running number one single of all time. I hope people are seeing this movie. That's the thing. I hope that this 
you know, hubbub about it makes people say, I want to see this movie. I want to support it and see what this is because this is being treated unfairly. But it's also like this happens so many times and doesn't get the attention like this. Yeah. You know, so nothing's fair. Yeah. (laughs) I, I think there is a solution for it. I'm not, you know. Uh, an Academy member. I'm not an Oscar person, but I feel like there is a solution somewhere and I hope we get to it because it does seem unfair for this this movie just to be completely, you know, out of contention for most of the categories just because it's in mostly English, which is the Nigerian's native language. I don't know. Yeah, unfair. there is the official language of uh, of Nigeria. Okay, so have you heard this? Wait, let me see. I can't see your iPad. Well, rapper T.I. Have you heard any news about Oh, this <laughs> have you was heard the story any news about, like, of This is so insane and revolting. And it's like, T.I., how many times have you been to fucking jail? Okay, anyways, <laughs> let me read what it is. If you haven't heard, rapper T.I. forces his daughter to take a test every year to prove that she is still a virgin. T.I. shares that he goes to the gynecologist every year with his daughter, Deja, to ensure her hymen is still intact. What fucking year is it? What an objectively it's terrible disgusting. person. Disgusting. Like, uh, I feel like even like the, the most conservative of conservatives in the country would be like, Whoa! Like what do you <laughs> like? It's, whoa! It's truly insane. And it's do you like hear what he like says to the doctors. Like I'm he, looking he, at he it goes now. to the doctor because I read this article. He goes to the gynecologist, and the gynecologist obviously is very much like this is weird. Yeah, like so, what the fuck are you so doing? So the gynecologist is like, well, you know, the hymen can be broken in various different ways right. that aren't just sex. Like if uh, you know they're playing a sport or if they're riding a horse, and like different things. And yep. he's, like, he's like, look, doc, she don't ride no horses, she don't ride no bikes, she don't play no sports, just check the hymen please and give me back my results expeditiously they're not your fucking results this is so gross i feel like he must have sons are you doing any checking on your sons as to whether or not not. they're having sex no but it's like so you're cool with your sons having sex but no girl should like no no girl in the world should be having sex that's a child so who do you want your sons having sex with like it's because of course I'm sure you're not okay if they were gay so it's just like this is so insanely fucked up and such an invasion of privacy like why can this girl not grow up and become a full human being without you literally inside her vagina like leave her it's, alone it's insane it's, it's insane I wish the worst upon him it's, <laughs> like, it's like I, this it's not like he is like uh, you know an example of a wonderful person like this man has been to jail for carrying around loads and loads of guns, like <laughs> firearms through airports. Like he has cheated on his wife. I don't know if actually they're still together, but Tiny from Escape so publicly embarrassed her year after year after year. And it's like, this is what you're focused on. This is all you care about. And then I also saw someone tweeted out uh, date. Someone got found Deja's Twitter and went mm-hmm. to her likes and she was liking tweets that were like, oh my God. Oh my God. And it's like, you all need to sit down. You need a fucking therapy session. You know, as much as I would love to watch it, I shouldn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. You need a real therapy session to see where this is coming from and how this can be fixed. Cause it's, this is truly insane. Well, the thing is like, she's 18 now it said, right? Yeah, I think so. So can she legally, she can legally be like, no, I feel like at this point she can. Right? Yeah. She ha- yeah. I mean, unless Girl, she's, is no. she's, she's still on his insurance, does that matter? I don't know. It's just like there's got to be a way that this is not a thing anymore. Like, let this young girl live her life. Like, oh. I just wonder what the doctor's... Like what? How much power the gynecologist has in, in saying well. like, no, I don't. I feel like it is morally wrong to uh, do this procedure. Yeah. Like, but if it's if it's a parent 
they have that's the thing is control over their child maybe before she was 18 they didn't have the right to say that but like uh, i i hope this girl gets free of this this is like this is i i truly would call it a form of abuse like this is oh my god absolutely she should get a lawyer sue her dad this is such an invasion it's just like also wouldn't you want your child to grow up and have like a healthy attitude about sex like the fact that you're making this such a gigantic deal you're like the fact causing and the fact that he said it in an interview so casually right like it was it was i think it was like on a podcast right like a radio show or something and he was just like oh yeah i checked my daughter's time and it's just like are you fucking serious this girl has to go to school and everyone now we knows know. that what her dad does. This poor girl. Ugh. I want better for her. I want better for all of us. And like, this is just such an example of toxic masculinity and the fact that men should go out and get away with everything, drink early and go have sex because it's cool. But you women, you must be chased and stay inside for the rest of your lives. You're fucking Rapunzel's. And it's like, why? 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 Yeah, I'm disgusted. He's dis- he just makes me sick. Okay, I don't actually care about this, but <laughs> what is it? Let's see if I care about it. Chrissy Teigen has apologized for a tone deaf tweet about AirPods. Did you see this? Don't care about it. <laughs> what is a tone deaf tweet about? She AirPods? She tweeted. Okay, let me read the tweet. Um, it was a tweet that sure was like in maybe bad taste, but it's become such a big deal. I'm like, who really cares? Um, Chrissy Deegan says, my mom treats her AirPods like they're disposable, buys a few a month. She says they'd be easier not to lose if they had a cord. (laughs) 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 Which to me is kind of funny. That's a really funny tweet. What are people offended by? They are offended by the idea that of course she has the means and the ability to buy a bunch of AirPods every month and also wasting AirPods is bad for the environment. Just throwing them away or losing them. Um, why would you tweet this? Why would you think this is a good idea? Uh, I mean, there are people homeless outside near her home. Most of your followers can't afford medicine, but this is definitely a thing you can tweet. Not only can most of our audience not relate to buying a few AirPods a month, but AirPods are non-disposable and bad for the environment. The social issue would be overlooked, overlooked if her joke was relatable and well funny. I thought it's it was funny. I, <laughs> like it's funny. It's funny. I think the point of the joke is that it was a joke and it was kind of maybe a little dumb and a little tone deaf, but like more so that like her mom's silly and like it's a silly mom. Well, but joke. also kind of the joke is a little bit that like, oh like we're so like we're so rich that like we're like not even thinking twice about throwing it. Right, but that's I mean away. that makes it a little gross. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes it a little gross, but like as gross as um, but I mean that we talked about we talked about that video of Ellen and Oprah talking about the last time they went to a bank. Oh, well that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's different. <laughs> Which is objectively like the funniest thing I've seen oh my all gosh, year. That was great. Um where Oprah talks about how she just like went to a bank for fun to deposit a check for a million dollars. Right. And like I mean now Chrissy's come out and apologized for the tweet and um Basically said, uh, oh, man, I haven't checked my mentions for a bit and I didn't realize how many people were super pissed off about this. It was meant as a joke and exaggeration about how my mom doesn't realize AirPods. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, are, like, it's an exaggeration. Yes, are, are with a cord and our headphones, but it came across as super tone deaf and icky. I promise I will not always say the right thing in the right way, but I also promise I hate disappointing and pissing you guys off. I'm sorry and I will do better. Uh, not to be such an asshole, which I, I think is a pretty good apology. That's a solid apology. That's longer than it deserved. <laughs> like <laughs> that's the thing. I don't feel like it could have. It should have been that big of a deal because it was so obviously a joke and exaggeration in yeah. my idea. But I, I mean, see it, how like, it comes spo- Spoiler alert, everyone! Like most jokes are exaggerations. <laughs> <laughs> like I see how it could be a little offensive and if, like a little thoughtless. But I, I don't know. I feel like her heart's in the right it, place. To me, it's more like eye rolly. Like oh, these fucking rich people. Like mm. you know, it's not. 
they're on the right side, guys. Right, like exactly. these people are like Chrissy Teigen and John Legend are not like our fucking enemies. Oh, here. and also people were mad at John Legend this week when oh, John Legend Lord, and Kelly what? Clarkson made a new version of Baby It's Cold Outside with more woke lyrics, like less offensive lyrics, and like <laughs> the right was furious. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, How dare you change this? And then Chrissy did tweet something very funny that's like, oh no, they're outside. Like someone tweeted something like they didn't go and like delete all other versions of this song from the world. They just made this new version. She's and because she's like, No, actually, I saw Kelly and John in the backyard burning all old versions of this song with the old <laughs> lyrics. It was really crazy. I was like, I thought they went too far. That's so funny. So people can get mad about anything, apparently, is what, what yeah. we've learned today. Let's but. get mad about like things that matter, like the revival of West Side Story. <gasps> <laughs> I don't know if that matters, but it you know. matters. I understand why people are mad about that. Come on. I don't understand why people are mad about this iPod, like I earbud situation, AirPod, AirPod situation. <laughs> God, don't grandma over here. Let's fight the good fight for Steven Sondheim and Leonard Bernstein. Don't work. care about them, but wish them all the best. Okay. We'll be back soon with a little bit more to get Matt's podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Two Game Outs Podcast. I'm sure your break was really relaxing. Oh my god, ours was too. Yeah, and you listened to Norman, Norman fucking Rockwell no, during your break. No, I didn't. I just like, you know, went into a sauna. Yeah, totally. But <laughs> you that's know? like where you, I imagine like crying in a sauna to Norman fucking Rockwell. I don't want to cry in a sauna. Why? I feel like that's the best place to cry. Because <laughs> you're just like hot and desperate and sad. I feel like the shower would be better. Um. Oh no, I totally moved... The something's, something's wrong, wrong with your phone. Something's wrong with my podcast email section of my phone. I will show. I will folder. give you here. All right, go. To, okay, okay, great. Because I swear I just moved them there. Yeah. Okay, so this is email my heart. By the way, for all you guys who are new, yeah. it's where you can email us at twogamats at gmail to spell T W O with any questions or concerns you might have. Or, Not concerns or dating questions. prospects for me. <laughs> um, so Not this, bad either. This one's from our buddy Montana. Oh, icon. Who ironically is not from the United States, even though she's named after a state. Well, yeah. no, she's not named after a state because Montana <laughs> literally means like a mountain. But like, you know, <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, this is from a person named Montana who is not from Montana. Uh, she says, hi, Mats. Uh, sorry I missed out on the last Google Hangout. I will totally be there at the next one. Yes. Cool. Uh, my question for you is what song do you wish had gotten a music video and what would you have in mind for the music video? I would have loved to speak now music video. Taylor released a photo for the album booklet and I think it could have been the most amazing campiest ridiculous music video. Uh, and she sent us the picture of the, that I've never seen of whatever was in the booklet. <laughs> yeah. of the A scene from if speak now did have a music video and it's a really funny Oh, it's picture. great. Like, it's great. And it's that would have made him. That's the thing. That would have like, made, like, one of her best music absolutely. videos. Absolutely. And the song is excellent. Like, it's so up to par for, like, singles that should have been released from that era. Like, I oh, was surprised yeah. that Speak Now. I remember of the pre-release single she put out, that was my favorite. And it's just, I think it's, it's 10 out of 10. I yeah. don't know how it didn't get a video, The story's actually. there. The comedy's there. The absolutely. video would have been so good. Yes. And so fun. Um, I... Not specifically music video, which maybe is a problem, but I feel like just for songs that should have been singles and mm-hmm. been released, there's a song on Kelly Clarkson's album Stronger entitled Let Me Down mm-hmm. that I think is so fucking perfect, like breakaway level excellent song. And the fact that it wasn't a single boggles my mind every single day. Like, well, if you directed the music video, what would you do? I mean, it doesn't matter. 
<laughs> That's it the matters. Thing. To me, it could be anything, just not a concert video, uh-huh. and I would have loved it. Give me a storyline. Give me, you know, something behind these hazel eyes. Ask. I don't. I mean, again, I realize this isn't completely the question, but that song needs to be heard by the world, and a music video would have helped it get along. You know, it's just so. It's just such an excellent song, and if you haven't heard it, go listen to it on Spotify as soon as possible. I agree. Right. So yeah, uh, the Spice Girls had they released "Never Give Up" on the Good Times like they were supposed to before Jerry quit, and they ended up releasing "Viva Forever." Uh, would have been such a fun music video because it would have it would just been a higher budget. Who do you think you are? Music video, which mm. I I love the Who do you think you are? Music video. I don't know that I've seen it. It's just like colorful and wacky doodle. Mm. Um, so this I feel like would have been that, except just like higher budget. <laughs> and and the last music video as a five sum was Stop, which is objectively their weakest music video. Oh, I think because they're just literally just like kind of dancing in a street. Right. Um. So I would have loved to never give up on the Good Times music video. I would have loved just all the crazy colors and just mm. ridiculousness. So, but we didn't get it. Instead, we got Viva Forever as their single, which honestly is my favorite Spice Girl song and the music video is just stunning, mm. but they're not in it because it's animated. Right. Uh, because, because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that would be my choice. Can you open your phone again so I can oh see Oh my gosh. I also would have loved question. a Mariah Carey, You Don't Know What To Do music Music video. Oh my god! What a god. fucking song! What a classic! It should have been Mariana Street, sunny day, looking gorgeous and beautiful, like she did in the hashtag beautiful video. I just feel like that is so clearly the single after hashtag beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is you don't know what to do. Not your mind eternal. So still mad. Uh, was there? There was a music video for your mind, wasn't there? There was. Yes. Yeah, wasn't it? She was just like kinda, naked I, on a rock. Okay. <laughs> As it should be. Naked on a rock. Uh, so this email is from... Also the distance. Sorry. <laughs> the distance, yes. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so this one is from Rise. Hey, Matt. Love last week's podcast and wanted to ask Matt Palmer because of his love for the Sugar Babes and him equating them to the British TLC. Absolutely, I was wondering yeah. if he knew uh, Stooshy, Stoosh, the closest thing the UK had to TLC and his thoughts on them, more specifically their version of Waterfalls. I don't know them, but I will listen. All right, listen to yes. them. And a uh, question again from Rise. And then for the both of you, what are your thoughts on the musical Six? It has proved super divisive among my friends and I, with our thoughts ranging from absolutely amazing to an unoriginal piece of garbage trying to capitalize on the success of Hamilton and the women's mm. movement. Wow. Have you heard about Six? I've heard the Six soundtrack, well, or at least like three, five songs from it. And really? why is that album so I short? I have not listened to it Really? At all. I saw their performance on the Olivier's, um, and I thought it was a really fun performance. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to did you like the songs that you heard? I did. I liked the. Okay. Maybe there are more. No, there's. It's very short. I really loved the first song. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to love this. It kind of was very much like, oh, we're going to make a pop version of everything. Like, we'll do takes on pop music that are like very splashy and big and like kind of like Spice Girls y sounds. Yeah. And I thought that was exciting. But then as it went on, I felt like the melodies were getting weaker and weaker. Aww. And so I thought it had a really good opening. I think the concept's interesting, but I don't think musically at all congeals. Okay. Me. It doesn't all well, come together. In I, my, to me, in my everything I've seen of it, I did, I saw the opening number and I thought it was really fun. Um, and to me, I, I'm, I'm curious as to know how it would work on Broadway because to me mm. it reads as more of like an off-Broadway show because it's you know Are such they a small cast. Are trying to transfer cast. it to Broadway? It's going to Broadway, oh, March right. 2020. After Waitress closes, it's going to the Brooks oh, wow. Atkinson Theater. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm curious to see how. It, I mean, I guess it played in a big theater, big-ish theater at least in the West End. Uh, so it must have worked there. So I think it's a very, very fun concept. It kind of reminds me of oh, back in like 2004, or five. There was a musical called Altar Boys, mm. which was about uh, a religious 
this boy band okay. and they would like sing pop music, but like it all had like sexual like innuendos. Like it was like, God put the rhythm in me, God put the rhythm in me, God. And then a really, really gay one was like, put it in me. Oh God. <laughs> like and, and it was seen as like a musical that was really funny, but with a lot of heart. Yeah. So, um, I feel like it kind of reminds me of that a little bit, kind of like altar boys meets Hamilton, mm. a little bit British. Okay. So I, I, I'm interested to listen to it. I like some, uh, girl group yeah. bands. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a listen. I know how you feel about a group of six as a girl group. So yeah, that's not the right number. Pussycat dolls. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's Henry going to do? I mean, yeah, that's the thing is it's for historical purposes. Oh, for those of you who don't know what six is, it's a musical, uh, about the six wives of Henry, the eighth, sixth, fifth, whatever. Um, with the Henry with all the wives. Yeah. Uh, And basically it's them as performing as like a girl group, a pop girl group or whatever, telling their stories, which is a fun concept. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think we're now at the final section of the show, the giving you moments, darling. So Matt Steele, mm-hmm. this week, what has been giving you moments? What has been giving you life? What has gotten you through this thing called life for this past week? Uh, so this was just kind of a really fun moment that I was just eating my popcorn through, like the West Side Story fights. And, you know, <laughs> I, you know if you haven't heard by my standing of Constance Wu in this video, I love it when an artist just speaks their truth, even if it's an unpopular opinion. Love. And we talked about the Martin Scorsese Marvel scandal like a couple weeks ago, and Martin Scorsese decided to elaborate on it by writing a really, really great (laughs) op-ed. Basically being like... (laughs) What um, it's saying. Basically saying like... Uh, hold on, let me pull up the article. Uh, the title is called Martin Scorsese. I said Marvel movies aren't cinema. Let me explain. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, um, I was asked a question about Marvel movies. I answered it, I, <laughs> which is the best line. Um, I said that I tried a few of them and that they're not for me. They seem to me closer to theme parks and they are movies that I've then they are movies that I've known and loved throughout my life. And I don't think they are cinema. And then proceeded to write a very well worded article Listing his reasons as to why, basically saying kind of what I said on Two Game Ads, guys, not to <laughs> like to my own horn or anything, but basically that, uh, especially when he was coming of age and becoming a filmmaker, uh, cinema really became about the singular vision of a of a director, and that these Marvel movies are basically just trying to fit into a mold uh, mm-hmm. to fit the franchise, um, and also then near the end of the article was basically saying that this is something that really concerns him because the only movies that are making money in theaters are the Marvel movies and are the big DC Marvel superhero action franchises. And so all of the now any other type of movie has to go through Netflix. Like a marriage story is one of the uh, front runners for best picture has to go through Netflix. Like it's going to be in a couple theaters and then it's premiering on Netflix. Oh, when's it come out on Netflix? Uh, uh, December 6th. Okay. Corey just saw it a couple days ago. He said it was excellent. Really? Yeah. Cause it's at, it's playing at the landmark. I do want to see it. Um, uh, Martin Scorsese's next movie is literally going to be at limited theaters and then premiering on Netflix. Like all of these front runners for best picture are, yeah. are just going through Netflix are their Their premier spot is, um, uh, basically watching it from your TV, which movies were not intended to be consumed that way. And so, so just this article, I think is just so well-written. If you, it's for the New York times, if you haven't read it, even if you're like on the side of loving Marvel movies, which is wonderful and everything, like give it a read because I love someone who can just be like, look, this opinion might not be popular, but here are all of my well-articulated reasons. I await your rebuttal. (laughs) 
<laughs> which exactly, which is exactly what this article is. All right, great. Yeah, so I was celebrating in my room. I read it at like three o'clock in the morning. Wow, um, that's late. I know. You should get I, to bed. I, I like, I like went to work and then I like dilly dallied and everything. And then someone I saw on Twitter was like, "Oh, there's an op-ed oh, by Mark no. Scorsese," and I was like, "Absolutely." So read the whole thing, <laughs> um, and it's very insightful and it gives you something to ponder and something to consider. I love that. I would say. Um. Well. This week, what has been giving me moments, what's given me life is I finally can come out with it and say that I've been listening to Christmas music, <laughs> which truly I have been in for a few weeks now. But I just feel like now is the time to really start celebrating. I went to Target earlier this week to get a couple of Christmas knickknacks, and that was fun. Obviously, Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas Deluxe 25 Year Anniversary Edition arrived in the mail from Amazon this past week as well. So I've just really been on the Christmas music train, and I just want to shout out several amazing, possibly underrated original Christmas songs from artists that are currently on my Merry Christmas to You playlist. So if my phone wants to open, um, there is a song um, called Stopped Believing in Santa by MNEK. I think MNEK is such an underrated singer and songwriter. That song is like guitar like it's almost like a Jack Johnson Christmas like a beachy Christmas sound but it's also very 90s R&B and beautiful and beautifully sung just perfect 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 I like the new Jonas Brothers Christmas song like it's Christmas very cute Kelly Clarkson released a Christmas song called Christmas Eve and it was like after her Wrapped in Red album came out like a few years later she released a song and it was okay. one of the better songs like I feel like they were really pushing for Underneath the Tree to be like the all I want for Christmas is you and I'm like eh that song was fine you don't, you don't like the I, presents I hate that uh, but Christmas Eve is more in that vein but also very very good Wrapped in Red is, of course, very, very good. Um, uh, let's, there's a Stevie Wonder, Someday at Christmas is such a classic, which I know we all know, but I feel like we don't talk about it enough. Ariana Grande, Snow in California also has that kind of Jack Johnson-y uh, Christmas in California feel. Uh, Give Love a Christmas Day, Jackson 5, which I don't know if I can listen to anymore. Do I have to delete Jackson 5 from my uh, You're supporting too? the other brothers. Tito okay. needs a check, okay? <laughs> okay. And also, last but certainly not least, Leona Lewis's One More Sleep is such an excellent Christmas song. It's a great song. song. It is so adorable and so, it feels like Christmas and feels it like. It really does feel like Christmas. It does. It feels <laughs> like a 60s throwback, but it's like not so blatantly trying to be all I want for Christmas is you. It's mm-hmm. its own thing, but I feel like it achieves things on so many levels. And like, it's a shame that it didn't become a huge classic because it's such a, such a great song. So there are many great songs, many great Christmas songs. I have an idea of like how I want to engage with you all about Christmas music, but it's going to be coming up soon. So, uh, uh I'm going to need to know more about Yeah, this. I'll tell you more and then we'll do it. Guys, I'm going to tell all of you. No, keep it a secret. No, don't tell them until the time is right. But I just want us all to appreciate the great Christmas classics. Like Christina Aguilera's Sexy Christmas Song. I think that was called This Year. I love a sexy Christmas song. This this year actually is hilarious. Better than what's the song we're at the end. She's just like, Merry Christmas. Which makes me want to throw up. (laughs) I think that's her version of the Christmas song. Like chestnuts broken. Oh, I hate the ending because <laughs> it's it's very a, um, ASMR to me. Yeah, you hear like her lips being like, and I'm like, there's nothing that disgusts me more than ASMR. Wow. Well, Merry Christmas to you, bitch. I even get grossed out like on our podcast sometimes because I feel like I do a lot of like. And like you hear me swallow a lot, which I hate. You're allowed to swallow. I know, you. but do I sound disgusting? No, I don't think. I think you're only disgusting yourself. So Ugh. if that's helpful, I feel like I sound disgusting. On you this sound fine. Um, well, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Do you uh, have anything else to tell the people? 
uh, that I love you. And yes, we love you too. Make sure to, uh, if you love us, go to patreon.com slash two gay mats for an extra bonus video from us every single week. Go to youtube.com slash two gay mats for uh, videos from us. We just did a review of Little Mermaid live on ABC. So that is up. Um, what? And also keep listening to the Patreon or to the podcast, excuse me. And that is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yes, give us five star ratings and reviews. Yes, we love the reviews. So yes. please give it to us for, for Christmas. You know, it's the holiday season. Absolutely. But season Merry of giving. Christmas to us. Merry Christmas to us. Oh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back soon with another brand new 2K Mats podcast. Bye. Bye.